From Nashville, uh, how was your how was your trip away in Nashville? Did you have a good time? Nashville never disappoints. We had a good time. We met some fun people. People watching is the worst best part, right? You're going that far just to watch mm -hmm. people, so it was good. I, there may have been a video sent my way of a certain podcast co-host that went to Nashville this weekend. What did they do? A, he he was on a mechanical bull. Oh, so. yeah, that's probably not one that you need to share with anybody. No, it's great, though. It's, it's that one. <laughs> to, be fair, that one to be fair, that was not. And to for anybody that thinks they were going to see that video, you're not. But to be fair, that was not alcohol fueled. That was unathletically fueled. So, yeah, that's what it was. Mm -hmm. it, it was very unathletic. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Yeah, it was it's the dogs bark downstairs. Um, anyways, uh, this is the Stuff Summer Says podcast with Steve. Steve, Steve, we decorated for Halloween in case you can't tell behind us in the background. Nice. Uh, anyways, other than that, uh, we've got a great podcast for you. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna sell you products first before we get to the part of the podcast. We don't have ads yet, but um, we do have a lim some limited edition stuff. Um, How about that? Yeah, look at that. So you got one week to buy it. Uh, it's uh, related to Penn State's original name and colors, and uh, yeah, don't wait. One week, that's it. That's it. Hurry if you don't fast. get it, it's gone. It's gone. You're never going to get it again. That's all we got to say. Um, Stuffsummersays.com backslash the stuff. Okay. All right. Oh, wait. I'm sorry. This is the Stuff Summer Says podcast with... Steve, didn't we just do this already? Did we? I think we did it twice now. Okay. Uh, There's the going to be some barking. people shaking their heads. You got the skeleton behind you. There's going to be some people <laughs> laughing at their radios and listening and thinking what's I'm going just on. Thinking about, I'm just thinking about... You on a mechanical bull. Let's let's see which loyal listener sends the text to Darian first about two introductions. That would be great. I have I, I think I know which one it'll be. I think I know which one it'll be. All right. Um, anyways, on this week's podcast, we are joined by Rich Garcilla of the Reading Eagle slash a bunch of other places because it, it it branches out, but um for a, a great interview. I I have never Really had a conversation with Rich. Everybody tells me he's the nicest guy in the world. And let me tell you what, he's the nicest guy in the world. So uh, some great stories in there. Take a listen to those. Uh, and we'll be back after this. Steve, we uh, I think we set out a poll. It was over the summer. And I think the man that joins us tonight was our most requested guest uh, on the podcast. You're serving the listeners and viewers. That people want to hear from this man. It's Rich Garcella of the Reading okay. Eagle. Rich, how are you? I'm good, guys. Thanks for having me. But you just made oh. me laugh. Hey, hey, I think it was sincerity that the people. I don't think anybody had their thumb on the poll. We're not like we're not that organized. No, I, yeah, we're, okay. no, trust me. Yeah, there's no, uh, <laughs> there's no secrets going on here. Rich, uh, you, as I mentioned, we'll you know we'll we'll focus in more so on your career, your your story. Um, May, we probably won't touch touch we'll touch Penn State football, but we won't really touch Penn State football this season. Okay. More so overarching. So I guess let's start there. This is your you just mentioned your thirty fifth season on the beat, yeah. which is I've got to be is Neil longer? Well, you know Neil Neil is longer covering Penn State. That's all I'll say. Okay. <laughs> okay. Get in now Neil Neil has covered Penn State. I I covered Penn State when I was in Hazleton, my hometown. 
from 81 to 85, I did, I did a lot of home games, but I don't, you know, but with, on the beat itself on a daily basis, it's it's 89 with the Running Eagle. Okay. All right. So I guess let's start there. 35 years. That is longer than I've been alive. So oh, thanks. What... thanks. You're welcome. Like You're welcome. That's good. Um, what, what keeps you, what keeps you coming back every year? Oh gosh. Um, I, I, I don't know. That's, a, you know what, that's, I haven't had much time to think about it. I mean, I like, I like the people on the beat. Um, that's a big part of it. I've, I said this earlier this year at, at, at a banquet. I, I, um, you know, a lot of the people that I cover Penn state alongside, um, they've been my friends for some of them, my friends for 35 years, like Neil, like Mark Brennan, um, others 20, 25, 30 years. And, you know, I like, the, I like being in their company. Um, that's a part of it for sure. And I've had a lot, you know, I've had a couple of friends who have, who have passed away, who, who were on the Penn State beat. Um, but also I like, um, you know, I didn't go into this, cover, in, you know, taking the beat in, in 1989, like, oh, I'm going to be on it for 30 years or 35 years, whatever. It was open and it was a, one of, we used to cover a lot of different things, a lot of pro sports, a lot of various things I don't need to get into, but it was open and I was like, this is great. I, I could get to do this. And sort of, I, I like the once, I like the one game a week. Um, I like that every game is important. Um, I love writing about people. That's, that's my greatest passion is writing a feature stories about people. I, I mean, I've written in the last years, uh, in the last year, uh, going backwards, Nick Dawkins, Journey Brown, um, Adisa Isaac, and Theo Johnson, and they all have different stories to tell. And I, you know, they were gracious enough to give me their time and uh, to share their stories with me. And um, that's what I love to do the most. With that, I I, I want to ask there specifically because we we hear that a lot from really anybody that in your type of position that we have on is it's about the people and covering the people telling those stories. Um, I, I feel like when I read your stuff, that is your strong suit, you know, why, you know, what makes a good feature on a, on a person? What, what in your mind are the, the essentials when writing that story, so to speak? Well, well you know, as I got older, I realized everybody has a story to tell. Everybody has different things going on in their lives. And the thing that I've learned to do is keep my eyes and ears open when these things show up or, you know, when, you know, like not, I'm not looking like, okay, I want to dig into that. But like the journey Brown story, for example, I, it was on my mind since his retirement and I didn't want, I wanted to give him room. You know, I was hearing he was having some difficulty with it. And then it just sort of fell into place, you know, earlier this year. And I, I you know, the, when I, called him at an arranged time he was in the car with his fiance and they shared they told me everything for 40 or 45 minutes um right like there that story interested me and then the theo johnson story interested me because of the circumstances with his family they were homeless for a while in ontario um adisa i didn't know uh that he had three uh, nonverbal siblings 
and a single mom, I thought, my God, that's that's a great story. And Nick Dawkins is, I mean, for Darren, I and Steve will appreciate this. We know who Daryl Dawkins is. Steve and I saw him play. And we, we remember that. And this is Daryl Dawkins' son. And he has created his own niche. He has his own personality. He's his own person. And if you ask anybody on the team or close to the team, they'll tell you he's one of the most popular people in that locker room, just the way he carries himself. And so I wanted to do is I did a story on him last month. So I don't, you know, I like stories that I can dig into and um, you know, that, that, I guess that's it, but I, I don't, you know, you just have to keep your eyes and your ears open, you know, when you hear things and you, and you, and you try to pursue it and you, you know, try to make it work. I'm sure. What makes you a good digger? Oh, sorry. I'm sorry. What, Steve? What makes you a good digger? You know, when you're digging into things, like when you're trying to pull stuff out of people and get things. Yeah. Curiosity. Okay. Yeah. More than anything else. And I think um, I've learned a lot, you know, being in this, like I've been in the business for 42 years. Um, I've gotten better and better and better. And I hope I can continue to do better at asking questions and to be sympathetic in certain situations and to let people talk instead of interrupting them and don't let them um don't make a statement and then ask them a question like just you know like go into it like i know this much but i don't know everything and because i don't in a lot of cases and i think that is able that works um you know, digging is a lot easier now, Steve, with the internet and Google than it was in 1989 when I started covering the team. I mean, this, the first feature story that I, I remember that I did, the first one, but I know it was received well. Uh, Brian O'Neill was a fullback in the early 90s for Penn State. And he moved in with Mike Mathis, who was an NBA official, and his family because he was friends with Mike Mathis, his son. And I was able to do a story on that. That was, I think, I think Brian's last season was 93 at Penn state. Um, so that, like, I don't know how I found out. I just maybe saw it, read it somewhere just by dumb luck or something like that. And then I, I followed it up and, and, um, and did a story on that. How long were one of those notes? If you get it, like, do you have some notes in your back pocket now that have kind of been sitting there for a while and you're just perking? Like, how long is the longest one? Well, I don't know that I wonder what it is, but how long well, is the longest I've, note I've been sitting there? I have two stories that, like, like I want to get done right now this season. And I'm getting text from somebody about one of them right now as we speak. And I want to I I pursue that. I don't know how good the stories would be, but, like, I heard one of the current players on this team say something during an interview and nobody really followed it up. And then like, I, I, I'm trying to get him, I'm trying to get an interview with him that I can follow it up. That's all I can say. I don't want to say too much more yeah. than that. And there's another one, like I, um, I won a football writers association award last year, but the story was written in 21. Um, because it was the 20th year anniversary of Adam Taliaferro's walk into Beaver Stadium. And Adam was so cooperative. And I wanted to do that. I wanted to do it because I, and, and I talked to him and I talked to Dr. Wayne Sebastianelli. And I thought 
this is interesting. I thought I was going to have to talk to Adam's dad or maybe somebody at the McGee Rehabilitation Hospital, but Adam and Wayne, and then I could talk to Tom Bowden, so that's right. I forgot about that. But they gave me so much, I didn't have to go and ask or, or pursue any other um, interviews. And, and, it, and it was great. And, and the football behind me, that's the award I got for from the football writers uh, for a first place award. I, I was thrilled with that. Very cool. When, when you are, I think the other thing that I enjoy about your writing, Rich, is you have, you simply put, you have good columns. I enjoy your columns. I, I think that is something that when you write the, write those, I, I always stop and make sure that I read them kind of along the same lines, but what makes a good column in, in, in what, what in your mind, how do you make sure you don't go over the top, but yeah, have a I, right I, sentimentality to okay, it? Okay. Yeah. I, I think if you've read multiple columns of mine, you know, I, I don't, I don't take, I don't really go off and take hot takes. Like I'm not a, I'm not one of those, you know, jump and take, you know, one of those guys. There are Bye people everybody. like that. There are, but there are people like that who are effective writers. That's just not me. I don't, I, I, I'd rather write nuanced, you know, because that's, that's me because life is nuanced. Sports is nuanced. And, and, I'd rather do that than take a hot take. But I mean, I did write a couple of weeks ago about, you know, Kirk Ferentz trying to downplay Iowa's game at Beaver Stadium and saying, oh, basically, oh, people forgot about that. Well, no, they didn't, Kirk. They didn't forget about it. And I wanted to make sure that I wrote a column that week about it. So I, I try, if there's different, you write a column for different reasons, Darren. You can write one for, um, you know, to take a strong stance or a strong opinion on something, you can write something behind the scenes. Um, you can write a personality profile that, that's a column. It, it, it all depends on what the subject matter is. Makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. Um, I, I want to ask specifically, you have, you know, as we mentioned, you've been on the beat really through all three of the core head coaches of, of the last 50 years. Uh, what is the, you know, uh, kind of compare, contrast the, the three of them, you know, between Joe Paterno, Bill O'Brien, and James Franklin? What What has it oh, been like covering them? And, and Oh, boy. That's a that's a, good I mean, stories. Yeah. Well, I, I could tell you a lot of stories, <laughs> tonight, but I'm not going to. Um, I know I was fortunate, very fortunate to cover – Joe from 89 to 2011 and um you know he had his Friday night reception for before every home game and I I made almost everyone and then on the road the same thing he would have a Friday night thing up until I don't know what year it was in the early aughts uh in his in a suite in the, either Bud Tallman or Jeff Nelson suite and I, I will tell you this. I got. I. I mean, there were times near the end of, oh, I don't know, maybe in the late '90s, early 2000s, where the gathering on Friday nights sometimes it it got smaller and smaller for whatever reason. But it was me, Ray Prillo from the Philadelphia Inquirer, Ronnie Christ from the Harrisburg Patriot, Jerry Keller from the Wilkesbury Times Leader, and myself, and. The one thing I will, I will share one story. The week 
the Friday after Adam Taliaferro got hurt at Ohio State, mm-hmm. Joe was talking about going out on the field. I don't know how it was brought up, but it was just the four of us, or, or excuse me, the five of us. And he, he, as he was talking about the look of fear in Adam's eyes, he just started crying. And that's one memory that, that, um, that I won't forget. Um, I was fortunate. We got along. Um, I think, I hope, I think he respected me. I respected him. I did get mad at him sometimes. I, I, I'll tell you, that's a good story. I just thought of that. So the 2005 Orange Bowl media day, it was, um, it was in December in state college. And I got a call from the sports, one of the secretaries in the sports information office. I had just gotten into town. I was, I, I don't know where I stopped for coffee downtown. And she called, she said, Rich, I just want to let you know, no players are going to be available. And I'm like, what? And I said, yep, it's Joe. Joe won't allow any of the players to be available for media day. I'm like, oh, okay. So at that press conference, Joe was, don't forget, this was coming off four losing seasons in five years. Um, Joe, I think most of all, didn't like the fact that Michael Robinson wasn't getting much attention for the Heisman Trophy. And I think this was after the Heisman was presented. And, he, and Michael was, I don't think he was invited to New York, probably should have been. But the point is, he and he he said something at the press conference, and then Jerry Keller said something back, like, "Well, you want you want us to support Michael's candidacy, but you won't make him available." And he got really frustrated. And there were people from Florida who covered Florida State who made the trip up to interview players. And you know, Joe just you know he could be stubborn, and and he was. So I wrote a column, pretty critical of him, probably as critical as, as, as any column I wrote about him. And I found out later, Jeff Nelson told me that the next day um, they were flying down to Orlando for the awards show. And it was a, a plane and a crew from Reading. And the paper, the paper with my column was in there on the plane and Joe read it. And he never said anything to me about it, but he did read the column so, but we were, and we were fine. Nothing. I mean, we were, we were good at, you know, for the next six years. Um, so that, that's, a, that's, a, those two are my favorite stories. Bill O'Brien. I liked Bill a lot. He made it pretty clear at the beginning that he was, you know, his goal was to get back to the NFL. I mean, but what he did in those two years should never be forgotten. Um, really keeping the program together. Yeah. And of course, you know, you can ask any of the players who played for him. Um, you know, we just had Pat Zerby uh, on my podcast last week, and Pat was the team captain in 2013. And you know, and he he said he uh, he he thought, um, you know, like in the Michigan game when they had to drive the length of the field to tie it, he said there was never any doubt because we had practiced that all the time um, with Bill. Um, but I, I like Bill a lot. I I I, I do. I, I I still do. I I you know. I don't like the Patriots, but I, I, I hope he I hope the offense does well. Uh, James is different. He's not. James, I think, is has a lot of the is a lot more old school, a lot more like Joe than people think. Because not in a like you can't wear hats inside, none of that. But 
he's very he's he's got old school rules that I'm sure he learned from Denny Dowds at East Stroudsburg. And um the same thing with him. I hope I think that he respects me. I hope I know I respect him. Um, you know, there are some but but there is a lot of old school um stuff like the way stuff is handled off the field. Let's just say that. When a coach says something like Franklin did when he came in or early in his career, and I don't know that I've heard him say in the past couple of years, I read it all. Like, I know it. Like, oh, he reads it that, all. Well, that's what I'm, so what, what oh, does yeah. that mean for the people on the beat in terms of him? Not that it matters, but what I don't know. There's a, there's a part of like, as a fan, sort of, because I'm not in that world anymore. I'm like, dude, don't you have something better to do with your time? But I know he right. does read it all, right? So, well, I, I mean, in terms of like every story you write, no, of course not, because there's so many people who cover the team. But I'm sure somebody says, hey, whoever it may be, family, somebody in the building, somebody in strategic communications, I don't know. Hey, so and so wrote this. You might want to read it. And he does. I don't think he reads literally everything. No. Mm -hmm. Um, but I, I do think that, and I, I think Joe read a lot more than, than he would let on. Um, I don't, I mean, I don't, I don't have any, any problem with it at all. I mean, I, I, I try to treat everybody fairly. I never get personal with my criticism. Um, so, uh, but, but yeah, I, I, I think, I think James is, let's just, let's put it this way, Steve. He's very aware of things that are being written. Let's, one way or the other. What's changed the most about covering the program in the past? I don't know if it's 10 years. I mean, is it technology or is it the people that, that are in, in charge that have come through the years that have changed it? What's, what's changed the most about covering this program? Well, well, there's a lot. I mean, don't forget when I started, I was a kid and, and I looked up to people like Ronnie Christ and John Kunda and, um, you know, Ray Perillo and so on. Um, you know, I what I what I try to do, I mean, because I I I, I, I like people, um, I try to get along with everybody on the beat, young, old, whatever. And um, I really respect a lot of the younger people, younger than me, considerably younger than me, um, and the job they do. Uh, you know, but it's it's different because of social media. Of course, it changes everything and things are more immediate. I mean, I'm, you know, I, I don't, I guess when I started on Twitter and now X in 09, you know, during games, I'd put up something after every play. And then I realized this is stupid. And there's so many people doing that. And, you know, I, I've cut back on that part of social media, but it, it has changed everything because everything's more immediate. Um, you know, people are putting up videos, the, the entire video of a, of a press conference before my story's filed, because it's, it's, you can do that quicker than writing a story. Um, so that's changed. I don't, I mean, I, I can't say, I mean, I, I get along, I got along with Bud, Tom, and I got along with Jeff, you know, real well. And, and I, I really like Greg Kincaid and, and Chris Peterson. I can't say anything's like, change when it comes to that um you know there's practices are more open now you know you get you get even if it's for 15 or 20 minutes um the access the accessibility is okay it's not 
you know, we used to get, I don't know how many people on phone calls during the week. Well, that's cut back now. And that's, and they're not, Penn State's not the only place that, that has done that. I mean, there are some schools that only allow you to talk to three or four players a week. Um, so, but, but overall, it's really the, the immediacy of get of the news flow and looking at my, looking at my phone a lot to make sure that I don't miss anything. Do you feel like kind of with that immediacy, you hear feedback, both good and bad sooner than, than later or, or. Yeah. I mean, I used to get, I don't know, I guess, you know, when Penn State's doing well, you don't get much feedback because people aren't <laughs> as angry. So, but I got a letter after writing a column last week, you know, criticizing James Franklin and Manny Diaz too, by the way, which is just, that, that tells you a lot about the person who wrote the letter. Um, anonymously, of course. Uh, but, but I, no, I think, you know, you're right there. I mean, that's, I mean, you do get some like feedback during the game. People want to communicate with you during the game and I'm trying to watch the game and cover the game and I'll put stuff out, but I have, I can't take the time to respond to everything during a game or even after a game, because I have a, I have a job to do. So there are people, you know, and, and this isn't a criticism, but there are people for, for some publications and some sites, that's what their job is to do is to communicate with the fans during the game. I mean, I understand that, but I can't do that. I have to do my job. What does a typical game day look look like for you? I, I don't think we've really ever asked a beat reporter that, but you know, what time are you getting up heading to state college and, and the, what time are you going this, back? This, this, that's a great question, Darren, because whenever I would speak in, in schools, I would, I would go through a typical game day. So this is the first year um, that I am not staying in state college. Uh, either the night before or the night of the game for there's a, there's a reason I, I it's um it has nothing to do with my um the people I work for it has everything to do with the hotel that I used to stay at that's all I'll say okay it got well they wanted me to take we we were for for 30 some years I only had to take one night a weekend and the new owners said no you have to take two nights so that ended that and so, so anyway, like, um, let's go, let, let's go with this Saturday. So this Saturday is a three 30 kickoff. I will probably leave here about 10 o'clock. It'll take me about two and a half hours to get there. I'll either go see some relatives who tailgate, or if it's raining, I'll just go right upstairs. Usually I want to be upstairs in the press box um two hours before the kickoff and now especially with the big 10 availability report coming out two hours before kickoff um and and then you do you just you know you look at things you're you know you eat you talk to friends that kind of thing there's not really much to do before the game then once the game starts i i take handwritten notes i take play by play um i'll write a i'll, I'll write a, like a short recap of the first half because I have to write a running story, even with a 12 o'clock game, I have to have a story up when the game ends. So then uh, third quarter, third and fourth quarters, I'm doing the same thing. And then fourth quarter, usually I'm finishing the story. And it's not, it's usually about 
between 250 and 300 words to put up right away. And then I go downstairs, do interviews, come back up. And now, because of our deadlines are so crazy, like for a 3.30 game, I will miss the Reading Eagle deadline because it's 6.30. But I, there are two other papers, the Delaware County Times and the, and the Westchester Daily Local. I'll try to get quotes in their paper. I'll try to, you know, expand my game story for them. Um, but usually after I get back upstairs, it's probably if I had, if I didn't have such a tight deadline, I'd probably be two hours, two and a half hours. And then I get in my car and go home. So let me expand on, on Saturday then, right? Like if you're, if the deadlines are that tight, right. And you've missed yeah. Sunday, right. And then you've got a news conference coming Tuesday, which is the next time you're going to get anything. You're writing like a second day for Monday. Right. That, that's right. Framed. Well, yeah. Like what I do, I've always done, I've written a column for Monday's paper, no matter what. So I'll write a column for Monday's paper. And then I'll write like the, the, my expanded game story will be on the eight websites. You know, yeah. it'll be, but it won't be in, it'll only be in two of the, two of the eight prints, print edition. And then I'll write like notes from the press box Saturday night and they could run them in Monday's paper if they if they choose to. I know we do it at, at the Reading Eagle. Um the only days I don't the only day I don't write is Monday. Okay. Really. I I write every other day. Has the internet made that easier in terms of obviously you're not writing for the or you still have the print deadline of course, but mm -hmm. has it made it easier in the sense that you know, oh, I've got this idea. Let me write it out, and then I can just just post it. Or is it? Are you still regimented? I guess. Well, no. I mean, I'm trying. The first thing I want to do is finish the running story, so that you can put something up that gotcha. all the websites can have. Boom! Here's you know somebody's looking for the score, and it's a half hour after the game, or the story they want, whatever they can look at it. Then I'll expand it. I'll you know, maybe I'll rewrite the lead. You know, an angle that I want to take. Um, and you know that it's transcribing is the worst part. I'm I'm not good at um, uh, Otter right now, so I, I I transcribe a lot. Um, I don't transcribe everything because I wouldn't have enough time. And then I I write a notebook, and then you know I'll, it's I sort of have an idea after you know when the game ends. I want the game story to be about this, the notebook to be about this, and then my column is going to go, you know, be this, whatever it may be. Um, and and that's how I do it. I used to do a report card, but everybody's doing report cards now, and I, <laughs> I don't do I don't do them every game, mostly because of the time constraints. It's just, you know, trying to you know write a running story, then then ex then expand that with quotes, and then write a notebook. I don't have time to do the grades anymore. And it, and it, because one person is laying out a lot of these pages, it's too labor intensive to do that for them. So that's why I don't do it anymore. Steve, what, what else do you have for Rich? About, go ahead, go ahead, Darren. I don't think I was just going to say, what do you, what do you have? What I else do you have for Rich? I can't hear you, so go ahead. Oh, hold on, hold on. I um, <laughs> Oh boy, technical difficulties as always on this podcast for a well-oiled machine. Steve, what else do you have for Rich? I said we weren't going to ask a lot about, you said we weren't going to ask a lot about the, the team and the season, but I do, I am curious at this point, 
almost halfway through, what are your expectations of what remains and, and what you think you're going to see? Um, I I picked like a lot of the guys on the beat and and women picked eleven and one. I didn't know who they would beat and who they would lose to. After watching the Maryland Ohio State game Saturday, uh, I I think Penn State is more than capable of beating Ohio State. Not sure about Michigan because Michigan is so has that power running attack, um, and a very good defense. They haven't been tested yet, so it's hard to get a grasp on Michigan. And Michigan won't be tested until playing Penn State because they don't play Maryland until the week after they play Penn State. They have a tough finish: Penn State, Maryland, and Ohio State. It's not going to be real easy. Um, I didn't mean the defense has just been ridiculous. You know, I, I saw stats an analytics guy had, and I'll read it to you. 78% of Penn State opponents' drives have not crossed midfield. Wow. Have wild. not crossed midfield. Yeah. 87% of opponents' drives have not they have not scored. They're non-scoring drives. 75% have been 25 yards or less. I mean, they're crazy, crazy numbers. And um, you know, Manny's Manny's doing a great job and they're deep and they they're athletic and you know, everything. And, and I, I expect that to continue. And I think they're going to get better and better as the season goes on defensively. And I think offensively, they're going to get better. I think it's important that Trey Wallace comes back this week um, and gives Penn state a second wide receiver with Lambert Smith. Um, I think that's going to help the offense a lot. And I don't think we've seen the best of the two tight ends yet i think you're i i have a feeling we're going to see a lot more of them these last seven games and uh, drew aller i mean geez i mean the fact that he's yet to turn the ball over is astounding to me as a as a as a kid make you know making his first five starts trying to think of the right way to phrase this you have you have said you've been on the beat since 89 is this closer to the best defense you've ever seen or closer to the best quarterback that you've ever seen? Oh, best defense. Okay. And it's no knock on Drew. This is, I think I wrote that, I think in my progress report, I think it might be the best secondary that I've ever seen at Penn State. Um, They've had some good ones. They've had some great players, but the depth, in the secondary, I can't remember anything like it in my 35 years, since 1989 anyway. Um, and defensively, I mean, it's it's only five games in. They've got at least eight games left. But I think it has a chance to be the best defense that I've seen in 35 years. I won't, I, I won't, I won't go that far yet, but I will say uh, it's definitely, the defense is definitely closer to the best I've seen. I think, I think Aller, I, I, you know, he's, he's far from a finished product. And I also, he doesn't make mistakes. It's, it's, and not just the turnovers. He's, he's, he's rarely, he's on time almost on all of his passes. Um, I mean, I, you know, I've seen some, I mean, I've saw Kerry Collins, Kerry, you know, Kerry's from our area um, and Kerry was terrific. Uh, I, 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 I mean, this kid, you know, 
let's see how he let's see how the next year and a half goes. But but he he has a chance to at least match um, the way Terry played, and especially in, in '94. But like '93 and '94 for sure. All right, Rich. Uh, this is your moment to plug. Thank you for joining us. But this oh. is your 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 moment to tell people where they can find find the word of Rich Scarcella. Okay, Darren. It's the Reading Eagle. Okay. It's the Allentown Morning Call, okay. the Trentonian, the Pottstown Mercury, the Lansdale Reporter, Norristown Times Herald, the Westchester Daily Local, and the Delaware County Times. On X, I'm at Nittany Rich. And then we also have Bob McCool, who's a local broadcaster, good friend. He and I have a podcast called Nittany Extra that we record every Thursday morning. And that's up on YouTube and all the other, you know, Apple podcasts and all the other ones. But thanks for, thanks for that. All right. Ooh. Great. Well, hey, thank you for joining us. This was great. I feel like I... I'm glad that we finally got to have a conversation. I've been looking forward to this. So so thank you for spending some time with us. Thank you for inviting me. I enjoyed it. Thanks, Rich, very much. Steve, as I mentioned before the podcast interview, one of the nicest people we've ever had on this podcast. Also, some of those stories about, especially the Joe Paterno years, um, that was, I wasn't expecting those, but man, that, that was, those were good. Those were good. Um really need to hear his perspective on things because I think, you know, when you watch this much Penn State football, you see how much the program has changed. And really this is the last 35 years that he's covered. The team have been the, the bloom era of, of Penn State football, so to speak, I would say um, just a, a, a all around a man that I would want to spend. I, we could have spent an hour having a conversation with him and that wouldn't have been enough time. No, he's, he's a good dude. His experience came through, right? And, and as much as the industry has changed, I think his approach is timeless, right? Tell good stories. Good stories are about people. And, and I think when you do that, you you serve readers. And that's always my, you know, guiding light, serve, serve readers and, and make them better informed or better engaged. So, yeah, I, I think it was great. Glad, glad he shared some stories. It's great to hear his perspective about what, what his job looks like on a daily basis, too. I was just going to say that. I think that's one thing that people often forget about is sometimes the beat reporters are the last people truly some of the last people if not the last people to leave beaver stadium um you know they they obviously have a a cool job that they get to cover penn state football but it's a long day especially those night games they're you know some of them are driving back after the game and they're not getting home until four or five in the morning type thing um and i think i, I don't know i just the not to get on a soapbox, but I, I think that does go undervalued um, and, and makes you appreciate the beat that Penn State has and the coverage that you can get as a Penn State fan um, because you're not going to get that everywhere, I think. No, I think, that, I think that group, old and young, is committed to their jobs and does it well. Yes. The people that are that are just younger than him or he'd known for all those years and are there, and even the younger students and, and younger writers, I think, are, are committed to what they do. I do, have, I do have an old guy question, though. Mm -hmm. Did you say bloom years? But yeah, I don't know. Since '89, yeah. When did they win the two national championships? That was a long time ago, Steve. I, okay, all right. Let me let me let me back up this. I'm just 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 you know, it didn't all start with you. Is all I'm saying. Uh, okay, there was football right. before you were. Yeah, watching. yeah. Whatever. All right, all right. You're right. Okay. All right. Not the bloom years. Well, 
what would we call that? The, we'll work on names. We're taking submissions for names to Darian by text for what you, the years are. The more interesting years, I think, would be. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see if it's the same person <laughs> who gets your response. Sports media in in the in the time that he has covered Penn State football has exploded. It is it, you can now watch every football. So it's game about the and, sports media is blooming, yes. not the Penn State football program. Yeah, yeah. I guess I put that in a bad phrase. Okay, that's fair. That's okay. okay. All right. Um, anything else there? No, I'm done picking on you. Okay. All right, that's fair. I'm getting text from your mom. I got to I got to pick on you at the start of the, the show. Um, moving on. Penn State plays uh, Penn State plays UMass this weekend. I, I had to just double check something on their their record. I couldn't remember if they were one and six or one and five. They are one and six. Um, Already, they got off to an early start and they played mm-hmm. two more games. Yeah, State? yeah, yeah. Um, They're making a lot of money getting beat up, huh? Well, that's what I was going to say. Like, someone I had had done a little bit of a dive onto their numbers over on Friday evening, as one does on a Friday evening, and I. I tweeted, I didn't realize how bad UMass was. And somebody said that they could, they probably think they could beat Delaware. I now looking at the numbers myself. Uh, yeah. I think they would have beat Delaware and, and no questions asked. I, I think that that's not good. Like it's anyways, I'm sorry if you're a UMass fan listening to this podcast. Um, God bless you. If you're a UMass fan listening to this podcast. Um, but I do want to say that I don't have any hot takes going into this game, but, I, but my biggest take on everything is, this is your last chance to figure it out. Um, not that things haven't been figured out, but if you want to try to make sure that you can do that thing or this thing, now's your time to do it. Speak now for or speak now or forever hold your peace. Okay. <laughs> That's all I gotta say. Yeah, I for me it's stay healthy, you know, nothing stupid. <clears throat> I mean, I, at this point, I don't know if they're putting anything else weird on tape for anybody else to see. This is the game that the Penn State fans have complained about Alabama and them playing in the past against the, you know, that they only play eight conference games. And they always have a couple of cupcakes. This is the cuppiest of cupcakes. It's homecoming weekend. People are going to be back. They're going to enjoy the parade. They're going to straggle into the game. If, if depending on how wet they are after tailgating, if they straggle into the game, but people will, cause they're back for it. Right. Um, yeah. It's, 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 I, I mean, I guess as a coach and a coaching staff, it's about continuity and mentality and approach and being a sharp, and precise in this thing as you were, as you want to be in two weeks, right? So I think that's important to see from their perspective, right? The crowd is not going to be what it was for Iowa or West Virginia and in terms of, of vocal. And it's just probably just not. I mean, if they if the Penn State fans do that, God bless you again, because you're always surprising me. Um, but I think it's about that. It's about that, those kind of things. It's, it's about being sharp and doing all the little things you're supposed to do. I think this might... one. Well, I think from that perspective of, of the fans, it's obviously homecoming, but I think this might be the l- least interesting homecoming game I can certainly remember in, in quite some time, maybe ever. Um, but I, so I am interested to see between that and then the pending weather, which appears that it might be rainy again, how many people are going to still show up, how many people, you know, still want to want to have a reason to, sh- to come. Um, I, I don't know. I, I think my generation, let's let's get into like a, a side old guy, young guy here. I don't know if homecoming means as much to my generation, or maybe it's just me because I go to so many football games as it does maybe your generation. Would you agree with that, Steve? 
Yeah, and I think on a couple different levels, it's 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 more than the football game in some ways. Penn State was smaller when I was there, not as small as it was in the generations before me. And the parade and the homecoming court were a thing, right? I mean, it was almost like a, a, a high school thing, even though you were at college, which made the big place seem smaller. I, I think if you look at who's attending the parade, people involved in the parade are still the, you know, the college kids with the floats and the groups and whatever else. But I think it's it feels like it's a smaller percentage of people who are of that age watching it because that's not their thing. Um, um, it's younger families on campus. It's alums downtown. And so, yeah, I think that piece of it has changed, which goes to the game. And I think it's it's the folks younger than you who are going to make a decision whether or not to enter the stadium on Saturday, right? It's the college kids who yeah. say, oh, it's 50 and raining. No, thank you very much. You know, it's it's not the whiteout. I'm not that excited. And I think, you know, the east and west upper corners there where the students are, even though it's a 330 game, will probably be slow filling or early leaving one or the other, when, whatever happens. Yeah, I, I was just thinking about that this week, kind of just putting that in perspective. And, it, and maybe it's just nostalgia. Maybe my generation hasn't hit that age yet. But I, I do feel as though for people of your age, homecoming means something a little bit, mean, means more, I guess, than than for, for my current generation. Um, I, I, I want to also just kind of take a hot second – we're at the midway mark of the season, so to speak. This, you know, this will be the sixth game of the year. Um, assuming Penn State, a 39 point favorite wins. Um, are they where you think they should be? Or do you think about where they should be or a little bit behind where you thought they would be at this point, but a little bit ahead of where Penn State was going to be? I think they were where I thought they would be. I mean, Rich mentioned 11 and 1. I think I said 11 and 1 and wasn't, didn't have them making the playoffs, which we weren't quite sure how that was going to work out. And I'm really not sure how that's going to work out, but I think my one right now that's a question would be Michigan. I mean, the Ohio State team that I've seen twice, decent portion of, I feel Penn State's better than they are, at least of what I've seen. And I know that may be different two weeks from now when they play. Um, so, yeah, I think they're – I mean, the defense is just super. And I it's hard for me, again, back to the Penn State offenses of, of yore when it was just enough to win and you were happy to score enough points to win and – I'm not they're they're doing better than that. 30 some points a game for how many games now? 10, 11? It's it so they're yeah, where I thought they'd be. Maybe a little ahead even. Yeah, I, I've been trying to like think about that and reflect on that lately. Um and I'm not sure. I, I really am not. I think defensively, yes, a hundred percent they are far ahead of where I thought they were gonna be. I thought they were gonna be good, but I didn't think they were gonna be this good. Um I I Rich mentioned it as well. I just don't know if I can ever remember a Penn State unit coming together the way this defense has come together. Like it's, you can't find a weak spot. And even it, at line, which we thought was going to be the weak spot, they have answered those questions. And then they've also found ways to work around that schematically as well. Um, I think the offense, I think people are, People are are rightly anxious about the fact that there haven't been the explosive long runs, maybe some deeper throws. I think that is one thing that we've seen a lot from James Franklin over the last however many years is he's very smart in the way he rolls out his offensive packages, his game plans, so that you do put some things on tape, but maybe not everything on tape mm -hmm. and kind of build confidence in certain ways. And I think that's what we're, we're experiencing now. I think that's what 
why I think we haven't necessarily seen those. But again, like you just said, it's very hard to gripe about, um, you know, 30 points. They are, they are putting up the uh, points at a rate that we, like, I don't think, I, I can't really remember an offense that has done this other than maybe the 2016 offense that has been this consistently good every game. Um, and I think that's important. And I think special teams is, is the one thing that makes me the most anxious about this team right now. Um, but I think they're also one big play away from erasing all of that anxiety from me. Um, they, they turned the game in Iowa. That was, as you mentioned, that was your snowball moment of the, of the game. Um, they, we still, you know, haven't really seen a big long run. Um, it, it felt like there might've been one coming after that Illinois game didn't quite matriculate, but I, I think that is, I think all of that is to say for all of the grumbling that we have done collectively, Penn state fans have done, I think it's all nitpicking right now. And it's, it's a five and O football team that can look like it looks like it can do some serious damage in the country. Yeah, I think the only thing, maybe may receiver, I mean, Dante Cephas, right, as a transfer, I, I think this, we were led to believe, I was led to believe as a casual fan, that this kid was going to come in and make an immediate, immediate impact, just the way it was treated, just the way it sounded. Hasn't happened for whatever reason, um, and that feels like nitpicking. And the other thing is, the quarterback was the thing we talked about at the beginning of the year. Can he be good? There hasn't been a turnover yet, right? Like, I don't think anybody would have said, okay, five games, not going to have a turnover. Would you take, would, would you take that? Everybody'd say, well, yeah, if that's what the quarterback does. So, yeah. I think, yeah, I think the, the wide receiver thing is interesting, right? Like Harrison Wallace has been hurt for however many games now. And I like, I've always liked him a little bit more than I've actually liked Keandre Lambert Smith, who has solidified the number one spot. Right. But I, the the wide receiver thing was bizarre because it was there was all this hype and maybe that was hype not from the program itself but hype from those that cover the program those that watch and and, and the us of 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 the program so to speak um that's where it was coming from and it it has felt a little flat um but i i, I feel like that pos- position it hasn't taken a step back and I think that's there. It's very hard to find a spot on this Penn state roster right now where they've taken a step back. Right. And usually by this point in the season, there's, there's a couple places where you're like, yeah, they, they might've taken a step back. Um, like from the start of the season to the end of the season. I, I don't think they've gotten that at all. Um, okay. Anyway, anything else are you going to, are you going to try to sneak in? You, you weren't quick enough to buy my ticket. So to the game. Oh God, no, I'm sorry. I missed that. Um, there's no we have a chili cook off this weekend. I am gonna get soaked. I'm sure making sure that stuff happens. And no, the game is on TV. And honestly, the three thirty game. No, we're gonna listen to this game if I have any control over it. And we're gonna watch the game that matters at three thirty with Washington and Oregon. Wow, there it is. There it is. Steve hates Penn State football. That's what you've heard this. Week. I love it so much. I'm gonna listen to it on radio. What do you mean? That's what I said. That's, that's what I. Heard no, you say. that's true. Does that not confuse your brain? Because that confuses my brain if I'm watching a game and listening to another game. No, I can see if they get in the end zone or not. That's all I need to know. And I can okay. hear Steve Jones and Jack Ham and Brian okay. Trippin know that's a win too. Okay. All right. That's fair. That's fair. All right. Uh, this week's Old Guy Young Guy brought to you by Steve. Also brought to you, we're going to bookend this with a Nashville visit. Brought to you by the Nashville visit. The question is, and this is an Old Guy Young Guy thing, Venmo 
or cash because when you're tipping the bands to play songs or whatever else because all the bars are free right you get in for free no cover charge but you want to hear a song you just want to tip the band there's the venmo and cash options they all have both and i think it broke down along age lines pretty much although i'm i might have been in a very small minority that wandered up there and dropped money in the bucket so i don't know would you what would this you is my wallet steve this is my wallet see any cash in there there's no cash in there there's okay. those so are you, those so, are so library you use your phone, cards which you're going to pick up in venmo yes it's okay. so much easier i was thinking about this whatever was it this weekend um oh it's a boss cause i needed to buy socks for my cousin's wedding i forgot to get for a pack socks and i i hate pulling out my wallet now because i have the tap on my phone like that's how lazy I've become with, with spending money that I just would rather go like Well, that. so here's, but here's the, here's the challenge. One of the layers of the challenge, right? If they wander around with a tip jar and you've already like Venmo, right? You got to tell them that, right? You, you got to like say, oh no, I already did that. Or, or, or verify the fact that you're not putting anything in the tip jar or not, you know, that you've you tipped them to? the other way. Well, no, you have to, right? But you, if you got to kind of justify that if you're not going to, support the band somehow, right? Like, if it's with cash, you could drop in a buck or two if you wanted to. Here's what you do. If you've already done that or somebody else in your group has already done that, you politely just pull out your phone and scan the QR code. You don't have to, you don't have to submit the transaction. You just open it up. <laughs> and So it's, it's kind of like taking the cash and pretending you're dropping it in, but, but pulling it back out. Well, when you put it like that, that sounds rude, but it's, it's not. I just, I don't know. I... The whole Nashville tipping thing is is interesting to me. Where were we? Oh, when we were coming back, this one annoyed me. Let me ask you about this one. We were in Chicago coming back from our flight and they are come, flying back to, to come back. And we were at the airport in Chicago and we were, were looking for some breakfast. We went up to this kiosk type thing. There was no food being made, no drinks. You could buy coffee from like a spigot type thing. Um, but there, there was no no preparation being done, and they still asked me to tip, and and I tipped just because it was like a, a natural reaction. You just pushed type a button thing. on which one of the three amounts, right? And did yeah, that. yeah. And I like as I was walking back to the seat, I was like, I'm annoyed that I just tipped because I pay your people liv livable wages. That's what I had to say about that because there's just no reason for me to tip there. Like it was. They weren't performing a service. If you perform a service for me, yes, I will tip gladly. But it's just, I, I don't know. It was a weird, no, it right, was one right of those that. those boundaries of. Well, even if it's like, are you a coffee drinker? I like we go to Starbucks and Dunkin'. So, but what if it's go to Starbucks, right? And you get the thing and then there's still, if that screen will come up and say. I always tip a dollar. Okay. Yeah, okay. I tip a dollar on those. Just because like I. It's about twenty percent, but also like it's a it's an extra dollar on top of the, the okay. coffee. And if I'm if I'm choosing to go to Starbucks, like I I'm already making the effort. Just yeah, I will support you. Okay. So it's not that I'm anti tipping. It's just in that situation, it just bothered me. I think um, if they're not preparing anything, I think that's a fair expectation. Yeah, like that's my right. If they're not doing anything other than just pulling it over something to hand it to you, you might want a slightly higher bar. Yeah, that's that's kind of my my gripe with it. All right. That's it. That's it. There you go. Venmo um, and cash solved. So you vet wait, sorry. So you you dropped cash. Actually, no, actually to fill out the story. No, it's it, we are a split family. Susan is the Venmoer. I am the money walker upper. 
So like, I'm not surprised if, by this information. If she has, if she hasn't Venmoed them, I'll be like, have we tipped this band yet? She'd be like, no, okay, well, like I want to hear a song, so I wander up there and make sure that they and tell them this is what I want, and they'll be like, nod their head, whatever else, and yeah. I found that when we were in Nashville that one time, the success rate is higher if you walk up there and tip with money in terms of hearing that song. They see you. I mean, I think they knew when we came around that we had been requested a couple of songs because she walked up. Did she give her money that time? I don't know. I'm sure she must have. Um, so yeah, I think so because they see you, right? That's so. That, I guess that's it. Was just fresh in my mind. So that's why I was asking. Okay. All right. We did get All a right. Venmo return. Now that you mention it, she Venmoed someone for a song. Good band. We ended up seeing twice, and the woman sent her her money back. She said, "I'm sorry, I didn't see your request while we were up there. Oh. Don't feel right taking your money. So here you go. So nice. I, kudos to that lady. Yeah, that was nice. That was nice. Yeah, well, that's that's not what happened to me in Nashville. I took 25 <laughs> bucks and didn't hear any of the songs I requested. Or at least I don't remember hearing those songs requested. Oh, there is. That could be our thing. Um, okay. All right. This is a fun podcast this week. Um, Penn State plays at 3.30 on Saturday. Um, in the meantime, I've got something coming on Wednesday. Wednesday is the 10th anniversary of Pagula Ice Arena opening its doors. So write a little something about that uh i think we're going to do a newsletter this week later this week so that will be fun something quick there um then we'll have you know our normal stuff um along the way speaking of stuff uh we've got uh limited edition stuff limited edition time to get some stuff buy the stuff um sometimes it's hard to believe for penn state or sometimes blue and white doesn't match everything Pink and black always matches with stuff. So if you know you're looking for something to wear, well, and that's why I made it gray because it, you know, it's like you don't need to wear it to every game. If you wear it to one game, that's great. And and if you don't, you know. But it's just that way you got a gray hoodie, a gray Penn State hoodie. I don't have that many of those. I've got blue, got white ones, not many gray ones. Um, see, we 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 do extensive market market research here at stuffsummersets.com. Um, and gotta ask the right people to get the right yeah. answers. Yeah. Um. So you can buy the stuff there, stuffsummersays.com. Um, on that website, there is a part uh, for Steve called with Steve. With Steve. Um, Steve's got an email. It's Steve at stuffsummersays.com. I've got an email. It's Darian at stuffsummersays.com. Um, five stars, thumbs up, all of that. We do appreciate all of those. Um, and I, I don't want to sound like one of those needy people, but leave some comments. I like talking with you. There are a couple of people left some comments on our our last YouTube videos, and as long as you're nice about it, I, I, let's have a little conversation. It's fun. This is what that's what we do this for. Um, other than that, uh, we got Twitter handles. Uh, mine is at Stuff Summer Says. Steve's is at Steve Samsel. Going once, going twice. Sold to the to the skeleton over here. Oh wait, over here. 